2: Welcome to the Ice Guys. Thursday, January 11th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, Matt Robinson with you, ready to break down the Thursday NHL card. A big one, as usual, on a Thursday. Uh, We've got ourselves 13 NHL games uh, taking place tonight. We'll break those down in just a moment. Uh, But first things first, Alex, welcome back. You were off yesterday. We had a great uh, reunion with Ray Bryce yesterday, uh, and he gave us a, a great lowdown on the way things are going in Europe. And I'm telling you what, I learned some things listening to our guy ray bryce friend of the show yesterday what a fucking grind it can be playing lower level pro hockey over in europe i mean my yeah. goodness it's just it's tough it's not easy it's culture shock it's uh coaches that sometimes you know hate your guts and he's had that over in hungary the first part of the season and as he get to the german league and now the team's struggling and they're not, probably not going to make the playoffs and he's at a point in his life where he's wondering what's going to be next for him so those are the people you sympathize with literally yeah. The hockey player version, Alex, of pounding the pavement. You know, that's what Ray Bryce is doing right now.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it, it, it's it's fascinating. We talk about it, and, of course, we've had all these different players on over the last couple of years. Like I said, guys that are playing for the love of the game and grinding it out at some of these lower levels, the, the SPHL, the ECHL, going over to Europe. And so you think about, you know, the grind of the minor leagues here in North America. So just imagine the grind of the minor leagues in Europe where – I'm sure amenities aren't nearly as, as of, of a higher standard pays different everything's different so like you said it, it, it's truly for the love of the game and uh salute to Ray and salute to all the guys especially all of the, the the you know the exports the north american guys who are going over there away from their families and uh still trying to to grind out a career it, it, it's it's commendable and uh, you know like you said it, it's you know you feel for these guys cuz you know you understand how much they love the game and want to continue playing but at the same time they have to kind of weigh those options and you know, it's just a, it's a different life and a different world. So, uh, you know, kudos to all the guys that are, that are battling out season after season doing that.
2: Just trying to make a dollar, uh, the best dollar you can make, the biggest dollar you can make. And you, you love playing the sport so much and the game so much you want to keep it going. And the yeah. uh, Ray Price's uh, tale is very similar. You know, to what a lot of people go through, and uh, you know, Matt plays uh, still, of course, uh, at the semi-pro yeah. level. And uh, Matt, I'm sure you do it. You love the game. You love to lace up those skates, have the team environment around you, and that's what keeps you going.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, it's definitely the team vibe, the locker room, the post game. Um, obviously, senior A is you know pretty low level. It's it's more for fun at this point. But but yeah, I had a lot of buddies go through juniors, major juniors, college, and then go play overseas you know, some of them have had great experiences. I have a good buddy from Dallas that's playing in the Swedish Hockey League uh, for Rogel, you know, obviously playing at the highest level. He was like an ECHL, AHL guy and just, you know, a little more money and able to do really well over there. But yeah, the stories of the guys grinding in the lower levels, um, usually great stories, but yeah, you feel for them for sure from a sympathetic standpoint. Um, And they're doing it for the love of the game. They get to travel and live overseas, but they are away from family. You know, they're not making millions of dollars, but, you know, they definitely get to have some good experiences. So, um, yeah, it was awesome to see him on yesterday.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, we wish him well, and uh, he'll be back on with us definitely later in the season. Just briefly on last night, because we got a shit ton of games we got to get to on this Thursday card. So it's going to be a small recap. Uh, bravo by the Flyers last night. Rally back from a 3-2, to, sorry, from a 2 nothing deficit to win. 3-2 last night uh, in a shootout. Uh, frustrating beat for me with this over on the show yesterday with the Habs on the Flyers. Uh, best bet and it's looking great in that first period uh, at 2-1 to one for Montreal but only a Flyer tying goal from Morgan Frost on the power play. And by the way, the power play has been wretched for the Flyers this season, especially lately and they finally get a power play goal last night. And Wouldn't you know it? The new Flyer had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. Jamie yeah. Drysdale with a lovely play you know, to keep that Uh, play alive for the uh, power play goal and get his first point uh, as a member of the Philadelphia Flyers in that 3-2 win last night so a good win Uh, he played very well in his Flyers debut but the headlines I guess after the game were well first of all earlier in the day regarding the Cutter Gauthier stuff he said in, in an Anaheim Ducks podcast that was welcoming him to the team that this notion that Kevin Hayes uh, told him, you know, some bad things about the uh, co- Tortorella, the coach, the team, whatever, and influenced his decision uh, to be traded out of Philadelphia it was just BS. It wasn't true. He basically said Kevin Hayes had nothing to do with my decision uh, to basically uh, get traded and ask request to leave Philadelphia. He didn't influence my decision either way. It was perpetuated by a rumor and someone uh, that does a Flyer podcast claiming that uh, he had a source that was telling him. Uh, that Kevin Hayes influenced Cutter Goche's decision to request a trade. Cutter denied it, and then of course Tortorella uh, saw the reporter, who uh, you know basically uh, got, thought he had that source and had it correct, and basically gave him hell for it, which was a great uh, last night and stuck up. And what I love about what Tortorella said is that Kevin Hayes and him were always that. That was a fraught relationship with the player and the coach when Kevin Hayes was a member of the Flyers. He he, he benched Kevin Hayes many times there were many times that that relationship just wasn't working. You know, Tor, uh, Hayes wasn't playing the way Torts wanted him to, uh, and I'm sure Hayes probably felt that, hey, it's the coach kind of not giving me a fair shake at the end. And you know what? how that can just devolve and erode a relationship, and that definitely happened, and sure enough, of course, Hayes gets dealt to St. Louis, and he's no longer a flyer. And yet, despite the working relationship, you know, roller coaster and rocky road that it was between Torts and Hayes. Torts still thought enough of the man and the human being that is Kevin Hayes to come to his defense last night with those false allegations that he influenced that trade and stand up for him and call him, you know, he's a good man. We had our issues. He's a good guy. He doesn't deserve to be put through this. Uh, and now because he's been put through this, you got this insanity here with death threats and all this shit that, yeah. you know, it's just insane now. We're seeing this across the board now where it's just people are just so sick in the head in 2024, especially when they're using social media and they'll just threaten anybody that they feel, you know, is, is has done them wrong or as, you know, uh, let, requesting a trade from a team. I get you're pissed at Cutter Gauthier and you would be pissed if you assumed which you apparently did incorrectly that what Kevin with what the report was that Kevin Hayes influenced the trade would you'd be upset with Kevin Hayes too. That doesn't mean you threaten anybody with death threats. Ridiculous. It's totally asinine. It's uncalled for. It it shouldn't be something that is allowed to be tolerated in this society. Uh, And it's just disappointing. We see that shit every time a fan gets their backup. Let's threaten the player. Let's threaten the coach. Let's threaten, you know, someone in the organization It's just ridiculous. And it's I I wish I could say it's got to stop. I wish I can say it will stop. It's probably not going to because there are truly some sick and demented people out there. And it's really that's all you can say. And unfortunately, I don't know if anything's going to change in that regard. Uh, But it was well handled by Torts. I applaud him for coming to Kevin Hayes's defense there, despite the fact that, like I said, their business relationship didn't end uh, on the best of uh, terms. Uh, that was wonderful to see. And then quickly, the other games, a brutal um, night for Minnesota and Jesper Volstead in his uh, NHL debut. Credit Terry Edelman. Uh, and I know he's smiling. Matt, the Stars fan, he should be 7-2, to two, beat down over the uh, Wild. I'll tell you what, we've uh, Terry can be a little emotional, sometimes too emotional about his team. We've all seen that before. But I will say about him is that he knows his team. And he said it a couple of days ago. I saw one of his posts. It's that you know, he thought that Wallstead, Wallstead shouldn't have been given this start against uh, Dallas last night. And uh, sure enough, kind of looked that way. He probably shouldn't have been in there. It's a tough spot to put him in there. And it was a rough night, but it was bad all around. I mean, Minnesota's given up odd man rushes, breakdowns galore. I mean, letting, you know, uh, multiple stars players just in on the goalie one-on-one, you just can't have that happen. Uh, and you're going to have a rough night, especially when you have the finishing ability that some of the stars players do. Uh, and we saw it last night in that seven, two game. And then a, very impressive. I thought it was a domination, and if not for um, the performance of Yuri Patera, who was very good, I thought, for Vegas last night. could have been 6 nothing Colorado. They dominated that game start to finish, and a nice, solid 3-0 shutout win for the Avs last night in that game. And a tough beat for me with Ann. How many fucking chances did Ann have to score a goal last night? And there I am with plus 260. He's hitting posts. He's uh, missing wide open nets. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, man. Fucking put it in. Finished it. Finish one of these damn things, and he just couldn't do it last night. Uh, Alex, thoughts on uh, the Wednesday card?
0: Yeah, so like I said that Wild Stars game uh, a crazy one. Obviously, once again, not being able to cash the first period over, and we saw a goal called back uh, early in that in that contest. Would would made it one nothing Dallas. Uh, Minnesota's video team reviewed it over, saw that it was offsides, but puck don't lie. Dallas ended up getting that goal right back. So. It's kind of unfortunate. We probably could have been looking at another first period over in a 2 nothing Dallas lead. Instead, it's one nothing, And then the floodgates open from there. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, Terry, shout out to him. He, he called that, saying uh, Wallstead should have got the start. And I also kind of agreed. I thought Wallstead should have gotten the start at home. Give him that debut in front of the home crowd. This There's a ton of Wild fans here who have been anticipating seeing this kid for a while. And I think that momentum would have kind of fed over. And we probably, you know, more than likely would have seen the Wild win that game at home. They weren't going to win that game uh, in second of a, of a home and home in Dallas anyway. But the reason they got trounced was throwing a young goalie in there on the road, fairly hostile territory. And we saw the same pace that we did in that first contest, same chippiness. But Dallas was able to uh, take control of that. And that's how they do at home. That's why they're one of the top teams in the Western Conference. So. Uh, big seven-two win for them It's something they need to do, get that offense rolling, but now you need to keep it a bit more consistent, Matt. I'm sure you, you could agree with me with that. You want to see yeah. some more consistent four, five, six goal efforts tonight, especially from a guy like Jason Robertson, uh, who, you know, we know the talent that he has, but he needs to really string it together. I want to see him, you know, go on a roll with getting four goals in the next five games, you know, eight, ten points in the next six or seven games. He needs to get on, on that on that kind of a of a roll, in my opinion. So big win for them. You look at that, uh, you know, Colorado Vegas game. I had the team total over three and a half. Really like that spot, especially with Yuri Patera at Like I said, he played very well. And, uh, you know, knew Colorado was going to come in, you know, steaming hot, especially after how that last game uh, against Vegas went. But Patera uh, held the door down to get the win, but don't get four or more goals there, unfortunately. So that's just one of those kind of tough beats. You just got to chalk it up and move on to the next day. And of course, we see yet another draw cash uh, with that uh, matchup at Philly. Uh, in Montreal. So, you know, Ian says that the draw day keeps the doctor away. We got the draw season hoodies uh, fully in stock (laughs) over at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. So definitely check that out. Just to kind of, you know, wrap up one last thing with the cutter goat thing, and hopefully we can kind of put this to rest. One, I had completely forgotten the fact that he had not signed a contract this whole entire time that he had informed them in May and nothing signed. So we should have kind of already been seeing along that a trade was going to happen at some point if he wasn't going to sign. So this shouldn't have really been as, you know just completely uh uh shocking to everybody but then the second part too is when you mentioned about with Tortorella you know kudos to him uh getting all over the, the reporters who were trying to you know get that scoop and saying that this was Kevin Hayes talking about it. and when I was kind of listening to that and thinking well okay even if Kevin Hayes didn't say it but how many times on just this program alone have we talked about oh John Tortorella when we heard John Tortorella was coming back to the uh, You know, Tortorella really going to bring in, you know, old Tortorella. We've heard all the different things of how he rubs players the wrong way, how his voice gets lost in the room. And that's the reason why we've seen the exits we've seen from him in his previous tenures. And so it's not, you know, a secret or anything that there's a lot of players who don't like John Tortorella, that John Tortorella is a kind of a, a tough coach to work with. We've heard that and we've been seeing saying that for the last 20 years. So before this kid was even alive, we've been hearing about John Torrell being a hard ass coach to deal with. So that if that influenced it, maybe it's because we've all been talking about it for years and years. It didn't have to be Kevin Hayes, you know, probably wasn't watching this program, but I'm sure he heard it somewhere from somebody multiple times that Turrell is a hard coach to deal with and maybe that influenced it more than anything else. So, you know, it doesn't matter now he's in Anaheim and and Jamie Dresdel like said Hopefully helping out that power play is now in Philly. But uh, like I said, there's clearly signs here the whole entire time that, well, maybe this is not as shocking of news as it was when it broke, you know, 72 hours ago.
2: No, you could read the tea leaves and you could see that Cutter Gauthier was never really totally locked in and invested to be a Philadelphia Flyer uh, long-term. There's no question about that. And it's like, you're right, it's, we're not splitting the atom, you're figuring out that John Tortorella and players that he's coached in the past have had some issues, have had have bumped heads, and, and there's guys that have just not been cut out to play for John Tortorella, and they can't take the tough love and the hard-ass coaching uh, and that. And that's sometimes where the relationships splinter. But at the end of the day, the root of it all, was shown in that press conference last night that deep down inside that rough exterior, that rough, tough exterior, there's a care for the player and the human being and the individual for John Tortorella for even the ones like a Kevin Hayes where there was just a bad relationship working wise, you know, player and coach. And he still said, good man, good man. He shouldn't have to go through this bullshit right now. Uh, Today with these false allegations. And he said that even though they had those issues working wise. And that tells you all you need to know. Mike Babcock ain't doing that. Mike Babcock's a bully. Mike Babcock is an arrogant prick. He's an absolute douchebag. And he does not care for the player. That has been on full display uh, in the past. He'd rather humiliate a player. So that's why this Torts-Babs comparison over the years is a bunch of garbage. Okay. Yes, Torts is tough. Tough coach. Demands a lot. But he demands a lot because he pushes the player to be the best fucking NHLer that they can be. Deep down inside, there's a care for the human being. There's not that shit with Babcock, I can tell you that. But with Tortorella, there is. That's the difference. So stop the comparisons with Babcock and Torts. I still saw that the other night. Someone yep. said Babcock and Torts cut from the same cloth. You couldn't, you must be nope kidding really me. Wrong. There's at least a care for the individual and the person and the human being with Torts. Simple, yep. period. That's the difference um, Matt, between business and personal. Is Tortorella and Babcock? It's business with Tortorella. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Matt, thoughts on last night?
1: Yeah, and just to reiterate that, I, I thought Tortorella did a great job with his response. Um, and when you say business and you know personal life, uh, if you want to talk shit about Kevin Hayes because he missed a backdoor open net, go for it. He's a professional athlete. Once you start getting personal, you know I yeah. hate the keyboard warriors on social media. You know they're everywhere. Like Ian mentioned, I don't think they're going anywhere, but uh, I wish they would. Um, as far as last night goes, uh, won't have too much to add to, to what you guys both said. I did have the over in that Montreal-Philly game after the first period. I pretty much tuned into the Stars game, figured i hit that one. Um, so that was unfortunate to see it go to OT, uh, but it's good for the draw.
2: Good for the draw, but I wanted that over at more than the draw. Yeah, for draw sure. it help minimize the damage, though, I will say. Um,
1: and then coming into the stars minnesota game uh, i mean minnesota's just banged up i have some good minnesota fan friends that are like yeah congrats on beating an AHL team i don't know if i'd take it that far they're uh they're less banged up than maybe chicago right now um, but you know you can tell they're over they're overplaying guys that wouldn't typically be in those positions and i mean it the first period over didn't hit it should have dallas had 10 chances um, they had that callback, but it really did just look like a, da- a dominant Dallas game, which they need to do. Um, they need to string a couple dominant performances together, um, especially with Ottinger. Looks like he's practicing, so he should be back soon. You know, Miro out of the lineup. It's good to see them kind of just get those dominated games and the games that they should. Um, so hopefully they keep that rolling into Nashville and then uh, then Chicago as well. And then in that late game, yeah, I was on the same thing. I thought the team total over was a lock before the game. And then when I saw Aiden Hill was out, I was like, perfect. This is free money. And it should have been. Um, you know, the goaltender that came in for Vegas played great. I, I think the abs maybe hit five or six posts in the first two periods. Like I thought I could have hit in the first period, maybe. Um, but it was a great game. I mean, it was a lot of back and forth. Vegas had their chances as well. Um, but uh at the end of the day, I think you know, Colorado is the better team right now, just given the injuries and, and what's going on in Vegas. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the slate yesterday. I thought it was three, you know, exciting games. Obviously the Dallas, Minnesota, not as exciting for the average fan, but exciting for me. Exciting probably. Uh, uh. <laughs> but the other two, yeah. you know, to have an overtime game, to have, you know, a back and forth game in, in Colorado and Vegas, you know, good hockey. TNT crew, you know, knocked it out of the They're park per awesome, usual. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. It's the – I'm watching my favorite team play and I'm excited that the period just ended so that I can see, you know, the intermission broadcast. So, um, yeah. you know, they're doing a good job.
2: Oh, Beyond good. It's absolutely outstanding with uh, Liam, Biz and uh, Anson and uh, Hank uh last night. Although Hank's chair is rotate. He's usually Hank, but sometimes when Hank can't do it, it's armed, Colby Armstrong. You'll get Keith Yandel every now and then and of course Gretzky whenever he decides it's his night to uh be on TNT. So uh yeah it's a great panel though. The only I time you, you could that.
0: ever say Gretzky's a fourth liner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 It's it's mostly Gretzky and Longquist and then you in that fourth Uh, panel uh, chair and then uh, occasionally when it's neither of them it's uh, Colby Armstrong or Keith Yandel that seems to be the uh, usual uh, rotation so uh, interesting Wednesday night but let's get into Thursday because it is a huge huge card and we will begin in Montreal San Jose Sharks Montreal Canadians uh, Montreal minus 160 uh, home favorites uh, six being the total here shaded to the over Uh, In this game, this is, of course, back-to-back for these Montreal Canadiens after losing in a shootout to the uh, Flyers last night in Philadelphia. So back-to-back situation for them going into this game. Uh, San Jose is horrendous. It's absolutely god-awful hockey team, again. uh, Not that they ever weren't, uh, but they did at least have a little stretch where there was a little blip uh, at some point, uh, you know, a month ago when they were starting to put some wins together, at least play some uh, competitive hockey. But now they've gone back in the uh, tank again, no pun intended, uh, with just this brutal 12-game losing streak uh, that they're on. uh, Absolutely awful. uh, 0-10-1. Uh, at the beginning of the season, then they went 9-9 nine and nine after that. 500 hockey for 18 games after that 11-game winless streak to begin the year. And then after that 9-9 nine and in nine and 18 games, they've now lost 12 straight. All in regulation, too. All of them. So don't be betting any San Jose draws right now. Uh, that's definitely not what you want to be doing right now at this point in time. Um, when you look at this game, yeah, I know it's a Montreal team on a back-to-back spot. But you're going to put out there. Montreal team total over three and a half at plus 115. I'm grabbing that. Very simple. I'm grabbing that. They are not keeping the puck out of the net right now. Uh, that's become an issue. We saw they gave up the seven spot, of course, to Toronto uh, on uh, t- uh, Tuesday night, seven to one, lose four to one in San Jose to that same uh, Leafs team. They did hold Winnipeg to two goals. That's a little better defensive night there. But consistently during this losing streak, put it this way, seven of the ten games during their last ten, losses, uh, they've given up at least four goals. So that's not exactly uh, what you want to see. Sorry. I think it's eight of 10 actually, uh, that they have given up at least four goals, uh, eight of the last 10 losses during this 12 game, uh, losing streak. So, uh, I like the team total here for Montreal over three and a half. I like the full game over two, but I'm deferring more of my percentage of the bet on the Montreal a team total in this game. Uh, Goaltending, by the way, it looks like we're going to see for San Jose, Mackenzie, Blackwood. We should see Sam Montembeau for Montreal. Hasn't been confirmed, but I would think obviously with uh, Caden Primo starting last night, you'll see Montembeau tonight. So little on the over full game, mostly Montreal team total. Again, you can get plus 110, plus 115 right now. With this Canadians team total over three and a half, which I think is value for this horrendous San Jose team right now, which in the majority of these losses have been given up goals and bunches and at least four. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Sharks, Canadians.
0: Yes, yeah, game's going to be a pass for me. Uh, and, and I get the look of, of, you know, trying to back Montreal team total because San Jose's defense has been horrendous. But you look at the history with these two teams and these two teams have been bad for, for a while. Considerably, yep. if you look at the you know hip series history, last six meetings have gone under the total, yep. significantly. So, this is one of those spots where yeah, it could be you know, have especially with Montenbo and net have a good game and they win two nothing, three nothing. Uh, or it could be one of those crazy games where it's one one and goes past overtime. I, I want nothing to do with this contest at all. So, it's pass,
2: uh, nothing wrong with that on a big card like this. Uh, Matt, how about you? Are you getting in there with Sharks Canadians?
1: Yeah, I, uh I do like that team total with Montreal, but the big play for me, um, I found the puck line. I think it's anywhere from plus 135 to plus 155. Uh, San Jose, in this 12-game losing streak, 10 of the 12 have gone uh, puck line the other way. So you can get Montreal minus 1.5, somewhere in that plus 140 range. Um, I think that'll be my play. I think San Jose is horrendous. Montreal's at home. Uh, Maybe you need that empty net late in the game to get it over the puck line, but I. I think this is a three nothing game, five one game. Uh, I think the puck line's a safe place, so that'll be my bet on this. Uh, but I do like that Montreal total. Um, but at the same time, I agree with Alex. I could see it being a one one game, and then you know a goal here late. But I don't know. I, I think Montreal takes care of business at home. They're on the back to back, but you know these guys are professional athletes. They'll be all right.
2: <laughs> so yeah. And- yeah, no doubt. And uh, as far as props go, I mean, I've talked about Slavkovsky for a while and uh, and Anderson, uh, you know, they're still under Valds. Slavkovsky nearly had one last night against Philly. Uh, a Cuban in the chat, met, look, Mike Hoffman has been an absolute disaster here for the uh, San Jose Sharks. They got him to get to score because he doesn't do anything else well. He doesn't back check. He doesn't play great defensively away from the puck. Uh, he's not always... You know, uh, physical, but he's got to be score goals for this team, and he hasn't been doing that consistently for the Sharks. But you're right; he's up against his former team. He was with Montreal, uh, traded away to San Jose, so the former team angles in play. I could see, I could see it taking a shot with Mike Hoffman. I just wish he was more of an offensive impact player for the Sharks than he's been, especially for a team that's crying out for more offense uh, on a nightly basis. All right, Vancouver Canucks, Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh minus 130, home favorites. Uh, The total here sitting uh, at uh, six and a half, uh, shaded to the over uh, in this one. All right, you know, what am I missing here? Like, really, what the fuck am I missing here with this price and this number where it is uh, between the Canucks and the uh, Penguins? Um, The the Pittsburgh Penguins are an inconsistent, up-and-down, erratic squad. They've been that way all year. They can't seem to get everything to work and function properly game in and game out. You're going to see Pittsburgh have nights where they score five goals, but then they give up six and they lose. Uh, like an Ottawa game where they lost five, four, you know, late December. Then they're going to have a game where, you know, they uh they only give up three goals to the Buffalo Sabres, but they only score one. Uh, you know, they have these games where it's just You know, absolutely uh, inconsistent, the level of play at both ends of the ice, offensively, defensively. Uh, Now, their power play has definitely been a lot better. Uh, They've gotten a power play goal in four straight games, uh, and that has really improved significantly since that horrendous drought that they had uh, with the man advantage. But there is no way I'm stepping in front of the Vancouver Canucks as a plus money underdog here. Uh, against a Pittsburgh, with a Pittsburgh team that you can't trust night in and night out. Uh, I know they had a nice four to one win in Philly the other night. It was a pretty impressive performance overall, and they are actually uh, five and two in their last seven games, seven and three in their last ten. So they've actually played all right, but. They are not the better of these two teams right now. And all the Vancouver Canucks do is they keep finding ways to win. And I keep you know, hearing this narrative flying around out there that what Vancouver's doing is not sustainable. They have to come back to earth at some point. They have to regress, and their, their shooting percentage is off the charts. Yeah, but there's been times that people have been basically gone to the poorhouse betting against a team off these analytics numbers that are pointing regression, regression, and shooting percentages that are not sustainable, and they just bet this shit game in and game out, and they have their ass handed to them game in and game out. And I, I don't operate that way. Yeah, you could, there could be some regression here a little bit at some point, but you know we're we're talking if the reverses if the rules were flipped here in Vancouver's minus one thirty instead, then maybe I'm not on it. But because of the prices where it is, I'm on the Vancouver Canucks here, plus 110. This is just a team that is better than Pittsburgh right now. I trust their goaltending more night in and night out than Pittsburgh right now. And I know Alex Nedeljkovic, who's going to start for them uh, tonight, has a 2.5 goals against 9.22 save percentage. He's played pretty solid uh, for this team, uh, and he's won each of his last uh, two starts against Boston and Philly. But keep in mind, the Boston game, he gave up five but they won that game because they outscored their goaltending issues. Um, to me, it's just a disrespectful price to a team that's been one of the best NHL teams all season and doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Do they look like they're falling apart? Do they look like they're really uh, having their issues right now as far as uh, you know, a regression and a skid and a slump? And, whoa, this team ain't anything what they've been all season. No, they just went to New York, to the Rangers and the Islanders, and then New before that and swept the Tri-State, Trio, which is very difficult to do. Um, They're just a better squad right now. Win or lose, I'm fine. I'm very content taking plus 110 here with Vancouver in this game. Uh, What do you think here, Alex, Canucks, Penguins?
0: Yeah, there's a couple things I like in this game. Like I said, this price is is pretty crazy. Uh, I I like Vancouver. I got plus 110 on the money line. I also have team total over 3.5 at plus 125, which is available at Online. See as high as plus 129 at Pinnacle. Uh, I think that's a great number to look at, especially when you talk about Nadalkovic, who's just been the epitome of, of, of erratic uh, in net for the pens this year. So this is definitely one of those spots. I was like the first period over, but I want to grab that in game. We're seeing that number uh, rightfully in its right place between dollar forty-five to as high as one i I'm even seeing some twos floating around as well. So want to wait and try and grab that in game. But I think Vancouver takes care of business here, and I think they'll be able to uh, put up quite a bit of goals here. So I like Vancouver team total over three and a half at plus money, and I also like the Canucks to win at plus money
2: yeah I feel I, I'm going to split it up as well not just money line plus 110 but that team total is a pretty good price in my opinion uh also in that uh, plus actually a really really good price even better I think than the money line with the uh, Canuck team total uh, asking them to get four goals here tonight which is something they're very capable of and obviously we saw them uh, accomplish that feat uh, in uh, the tri-state sweep that they had uh, just recently yeah, I'm seeing plus 128 for Vancouver Canucks over three and a half a team total at um, pinnacle right now. So that is just an outstanding price. And like I said, we've seen this team score five, six and six in the three games so far uh, on this uh, road trip. Uh, Matt, what do you think here? Canucks penguins.
1: Yeah, I love both of those. Um, I, I saw Demko's in net for Vancouver. He's been playing lights out. Um, I, I don't understand. This is one of those we were talking about before the show. I, I don't really know why it's plus plus one ten. Um Maybe there's something that I don't know, but looking at injury reports, everything seems to check out. So I'm definitely going to be on the money line. I do like that team total being plus as well. Um, as you mentioned, you never know the Penguins you're going to get, but it's pretty consistent that the Vancouver Canucks are going to put four or five on you. Um, and and Pittsburgh is, is not, uh, you know, they're not uh, keeping it out of the net as well as they could be. I mean, there are a couple glimpses of it, uh, but they're also, you know, giving up seven or eight on random nights. So um, I think there's going to be goals. The reason I don't like the total is because we don't know what Pittsburgh we're going to get. Are they going to lose 5-4 or is it going to be a 5 nothing route by Vancouver? Um, but I feel like anything on the Vancouver side is safe. And so those bets at plus money aren't are easy picks for me.
2: Yeah, I do have a small lean here to this Penguins-Canucks as well. First period, both teams to score. Because I could see Pittsburgh here maybe finding the back of the net early. Demko hasn't been nearly as good the last few starts. He hasn't been terrible, but he's just not been that just dominant self we saw uh, earlier in the season. But I still trust him uh, 100% more than I trust him. a long him road trip. And, I- yeah.
0: I yeah. think that's got a lot to do with, with this line. Between Pittsburgh being a public team, as I mentioned in the chat, and this yeah. is just this is the longest road trip of the season for the next to the fifth of, uh, of an eight-game trip. So I think people are kind of looking more into that than anything else.
2: No doubt. And as far as the props go uh, tonight uh, for this one, uh, you know, uh, we've got Pedersen, Miller and Besser on the top line. They've been on fire. Kuzmenko, Suter, McKay have the second line. But don't sleep on Dakota Joshua. Don't sleep on Niels Hoaglander. Look at this guy. He's starting to get it rolling. And these are some depth forwards for the uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, right now. And then on the uh, Pittsburgh side of the equation, Ricard Raquel is probably w- one of my favorite props for them tonight because he's been really good. They have put him with Crosby and Gensel in a good you know type of situation for him. Uh, Drew O'Connor probably a little value as well with Malkin and Rust as he's on the second line. So those are some of the props I'd be uh, looking at here with Canucks and Penguins. All right, Seattle and Washington. We've got the uh, Seattle Kraken minus 125 road favorites, five and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. Again, much like um, Seattle Buffalo uh, where the price looked dirt cheap for a surging Seattle Kraken team. And I didn't take it uh, against Buffalo. I'm frustrated by that. Or actually I, I did finally get in on it, but Very small, not enough for my liking. Uh, And uh, sure enough, they take care of business against Buffalo. Uh, I'm going to get involved with Seattle for significantly more stake tonight because uh, to me, they're the better of these two teams. They're playing their best hockey. Uh, What can you say about them? Seven straight wins. And they've done it with defense, and they've done it with specifically Joey Decord, who's been absolutely outstanding uh, in net right now for this uh, Seattle Kraken team, uh, DeCord's been awesome. He has clearly taken the mantle with, uh, Philip Grubauer, uh, injured and on IR and he has run with it. He of course, once again in net tonight for the Kraken, Joey DeCord, uh, Darcy Kemper in net for Washington here, a banged up Capitals team. Keep that in mind, obviously, uh, tonight we've got some question marks now starting to appear for Washington in this game tonight. Uh, Tom Wilson, game-time decision uh, for uh, this game for the Capitals. Ovechkin, lower body injury. He was at morning practice, but he went off the ice uh, and apparently had some conversations with the Capitals' training staff, and that tells you there's probably something bothering him uh, from an injury standpoint. So he is definitely a game-time decision here for uh, the Washington Capitals. And I know it's not the same OV this year, eight goals, eight assists, uh, as we've seen in the past, but... Still a missed player and still someone that, you know, you've got to pay attention to when you're defending the Capitals. And uh, that's still someone that's you're going to miss if you're a Washington. And he's not able to play tonight. So very straightforward for me. Seattle minus 125. I think they get the job done. Uh, they're on a roll, playing great hockey, really at both ends of the ice, but especially with what they're getting at, uh, from their goaltender right now, uh, Joey Decord, who's been absolutely magnificent. Magnificent is the word to describe it. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Seattle, Washington.
0: Yeah, I'm on the uh, Kraken money line, but I'm also going to sprinkle on something. I don't bet these too often like I used to. I'm going with the puck line as well, laying the one and a half plus 205 uh, over at Caesars. I'm good gonna, price. I it's, yeah, I think it's, it's worth it, especially except Washington banged up. And no matter how bad Ovechkin's been playing all year, when he's off the ice, that team's completely different. It, that whole, just, just the whole dynamic is different when number eight's not around. We saw that in you know, years past. Like I said, even though his numbers have been declining, this isn't the best of teams. But everything's different when Ovechkin's not there. So if he doesn't play tonight, that changes things drastically. And Seattle probably should be favored at like 130 or 140 just off of his absence because he means so much to that team, the locker room, that atmosphere being at home. So Seattle wins big here. I'm going to lay the $1. twenty-five, and I'm also going to lay one and a half at plus 205 on the puck line.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, he made 36 saves, so DeCord had to be good against, but it's not like Buffalo didn't generate against Seattle in that loss. I mean, they did. They had chances. They had some good chances, and Joey DeCord's just locked in. He's dialed in right now. He's absolutely dialed, uh, and it's uh, wonderful to see. And I'm not shocked by it. Maybe I'm a little tad surprised that he's been this good, but I'm not surprised he's been really good because I saw it at Coachella Valley. I watched the AHL playoffs. That's yep. how much I love this sport. I'm watching the Calder cup final Coachella Valley last year and Hershey bears. And I know Coachella Valley didn't win the series, but uh, Joey DeCord still played well A in that series, series, despite the loss. And he was incredible the whole yeah. post-season run
1: yeah.
2: uh, for the firebirds. So I know how good he was down there. And I knew there was the potential it could translate to this level. And right now it is. Uh, what do you think here, Matt Seattle, Washington?
1: Yeah. I'm on decord as well. He's the man. Uh, yeah, I'm on Seattle, and I do like that point, Alex, if, especially if Ovi's out, and I saw this in the chat. You know, you can lay the puck line now and get the better odds because it will shift if Ovi's out. Um, but at the very least, if he's announced that he's not playing, I'm hammering that puck line because, again, Washington hasn't looked great. Seattle's been finding ways to win, but I think, you know, a Washington without Ovi and the other injuries they've got, I think Seattle takes this game fairly easy. Um, So, yeah,
2: same boat. Prop I like the most is, uh, you know, usually some players take a game or two when they return from an injury to get going. Not Jaden Schwartz. He had an absolutely outstanding game against Buffalo uh, in his return from injury, and I'm going to jump on Jaden Schwartz props here tonight. Goal prop, assist prop, uh, definitely uh, like what I saw from him in his return to the lineup was absolutely – was strong – Uh, and showing that finishing ability for the uh, Seattle Kraken. So definitely interested in that. Uh, Ellie Tolvanen has five points in the last three games. Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn is really starting to heat up. And how about Yanni Gord, too? Yanni Gord's a a funny, funny player because he's just, he can all of a sudden out of nowhere start to streak as far as goals go. Three goals in the last four games for Yanni Gord. So there's some interesting value. Dunn, Gord, and Schwartz, I think, for Seattle. I'm interested here as far as the props go uh, Mm -hmm. in this game tonight.
0: Just to kind of circle back to what I'm saying with Ovechkin being out, there are certain stars that when they're out of the lineup, they're missed because of, of what they're doing on the ice. Connor McDavid, for example. Um, but that's, they're not necessarily missed as much with just their presence. Sidney Crosby and Steven Samkos are two examples. World-class players, top leaders, but they've been out for a lot of times. We've seen them deal with injuries over the years, and those teams are able to and kind of step up and rise. You look back at, at Washington without Ovechkin throughout the years, no matter how good or bad he's been, whole different fields. It's the same thing like when Jonathan Taves was missing with the Hawks. It's if yeah. a Brad Marchand, the, the times that even back in the days when he was still being an asshole, licking people, doing crazy shit, getting suspended. There was still a difference with him off of the ice. And that's the difference here with Ovechkin. Ovechkin's not going to put up the same big numbers, but his presence on the ice is sorely missed. So people are saying in the chat that, yeah, he's not the same Ovechkin. No, but his presence is what matters more than even his play on the ice at this point. And you do see a difference even now, 18 years later, when he's not on the ice.
2: I do. agree. Yeah, definitely. And it's still missed. And speaking, it's not all bad for Washington on the injury front. They do get DJ Oshie back. T.J. Oshie is back tonight for uh, Washington. But and it's funny, everyone's talked about how Ovechkin's dropped off, Ovechkin's declined. T.J. Oshie has really declined. prior to his in- Now, I know he's been out for a while, but even prior to his injury, he's got two goals in like 21 games this year for the Washington Capitals. So no one's talking about that. We can't wait to just talk about how number eight has fallen off a little bit this year. No one said shit about T.J. Oshie. Two goals yeah. in 21 games. No one says a it- d- damn thing
0: about it. To be fair though, Oshi's had a lot of injury issues lately yeah. that have kind of stacked yeah. up. And it seems like Oshi might be in that same boat where Sir Patrick Kane was where he just yeah. never got a chance to heal. So we don't know yeah. how long he's been dealing with injuries or or if everything's still just completely, you know, good. Does he need to have surgery and he's delaying it? I think that's the difference. Ovechkin, we've never seen him deal with a, a real significant injury in his career. So the drop off's more significant and noticeable because well, we we can't blame it on anything. You know what I'm saying? At least T.J. Oshie, oh, he's had all these injuries and and different things and moving around and up and down the lineup. That's the difference.
2: That's right. So Oshie's back. Of course, Pat came back a few games ago. Just from what I've seen out of Pat these few games since he's been back for watch, it's going to take him some time. Get the timing back, get the rhythm back, Uh, and I think that's pretty clear here, these first few games he's been uh, on the ice. All right, New Jersey, Tampa Bay, we've got the uh, Lightning minus 145. Uh, home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total here in this game. Uh, you've got the Lightning coming off a uh, thrilling comeback win against the struggling Los Angeles Kings, 3-2 in overtime. They were down 2 nothing in the third period, yet found a way to rally back uh, in that game uh, and get the victory. Uh, now they go to Tampa Bay, or sorry, now they host the New Jersey Devils, rather, uh, following that victory. Here's a little bit of a growing concern right now, though, for this uh, Tampa Bay Lightning team. It's the inability to win two in a row all of a sudden. You know, the last couple times they've won a game, they've immediately lost the very next game. It's not exactly uh, what you want to see here going into this game. Uh, It's going to be a Vasilevsky and Vanacek uh, matchup here in between the pipes. They are fairly healthy. Uh, Sergeyev's obviously been out for a while, but, you know, they're pretty healthy outside of that. Tanner's who knows the other injury concern, but not really going to get much offense from him. Uh, And then on the New Jersey side, look, there are concerns. Jack Hughes. Uh, we talked about, you know, how important he's been and what the record has been without Jack Hughes. And right on cue, one game without Jack Hughes against Vancouver, they lose that game 6-4. to four. And if you actually look at the the record without both Hughes and Shear playing for the New Jersey Devils this year, it's not good. So I'm always a little bit concerned. Uh, with backing New Jersey when both of these guys aren't in there, Hughes and Share. The, the record's clear as day. Without Hughes and Esher, they've been a below 500 hockey team this year, uh, the New Jersey Devils. So that's what concerns me about Jack Hughes being out. Andre Palatz out as well. Timo Meier still on IR. And Siegenthaler, I mean, someone that plays a lot of minutes and they've really asked a lot, Lindy Ruff, of him because of some of the other defensive concerns they've had. And now you don't have him in there either. So I, I think there's some value in New Jersey. I don't want to lay this price with Tampa. I'm not going to lay this price with Tampa. I lean New Jersey. I just don't know if I want to pull the trigger with this, considering the record with De- for the Devils this year without Jack Hughes. Without Hughes and his year, I'm going to have to look it up while Alex and Matt discuss this game in a moment because I want to find out that record. I, I I remember looking at it a week or two ago, and I knew it was bad, and it was below, way below 500. Without Hughes and Heeshear this year, uh, both on the ice, so that's keeping me off the Devils, even though I lean that way. I do lean over six and a half in this game just a little bit. We've seen the Devils become, you know, a pretty distinct over team here uh, of late. Four of the last five games have gone over. I don't trust Vanacek and Net necessarily, but I think the Devils. And look, Tampa Bay. You look at them. You know, they gave up seven to Boston, four to Winnipeg, five to the Rangers at home. You know, in a home loss. And Vassi was in net that, that night, too. So I think the game could end up finding its way over the six and a half year. Uh, Alex Devils, Lightning.
0: Yeah, this is an important game for both teams. You know, you look at, at where they are in the standings right now, New Jersey trying to climb and, and fight back. And, and both these teams are going to be in that wild card race uh, as you look right now. Just a point separating between these two. So uh, this is a classic spot where I'm looking at the draw. Plus 350. Uh, I got. I saw uh, Caesars. I got to see what the FanDuel price is. But I think this could be a, a tightly contested game. And as you mentioned, without Hughes, without Heashier for the Devils, I think that kind of evens things out a little bit. This is a Tampa team that I'm still not relying on. I think Tampa finds their way out of the playoffs still. Uh, I'm still you know steadfast on that bet that I made earlier in the year that they missed the postseason. I think this will be one of those games at home. They find a way to kind of grind it, keep things close. And if this is a tied game late, we're not going to see a lot of crazy chances. This is one that will probably sail right in the overtime uh, so both teams can secure that one point in standing. So I'm going with the draw.
2: Yeah, I could see that. I'm probably going to sprinkle on the draw. I'm starting to look at, you know, Tampa went to OT against LA the other night. We've seen, you know, a few overtime games in the head-to-head series between these two teams. Uh, So the draw could get there. Uh, Like I said, there's some other draws I've got my eye on tonight, but this one's probably worth a small shot here. What do you think here, Matt? New Jersey, Tampa Bay.
1: So for me, usually Tampa at home is a system play to take the uh, game over. With the injuries to New Jersey, it does give me more of a toss-up. I may... I may try and live this one, you know, see if there's no goals in the first 10 minutes. Maybe you get it down to five and a half, even five late in the first. Um, I feel like every time I plan on doing that way ahead of the slate and, you know, it ends up being one, nothing, a minute and a half into the game. And then it's, you know, seven and a half or higher the rest of the game. Um, But yeah, that's really all I like here. The draw is not a bad play. Um, I, I may sprinkle it, you know, just given the injuries, given how Tampa's played, it could be a low scoring tight game. Uh, but yeah, for me, I just usually take the over on Tampa at home when they do score and that place gets rocking, you know, it seems to be a, a goals and bunches. So uh, that'll probably be my only play if anything, uh, or this game may be a pass for me.
2: Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. As far as uh, the, the passing on a big card like this, as far as props go, for Obviously, with no Jack Hughes, who's going to step up? Luke Hughes, still think is live. Three goals, four assists, seven points in the last six games. He is on fire right now. Four goals, two assists, six points in the last five games. And how about Michael McLeod? We've sung his praises, too. Three goals, one assist, four points in the last three games for uh, the uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, Brandon Hagel, two goals, two assists, four points in the last three games. So he's the one that's really starting to heat up a little bit for Tampa Bay. So that would be the prop that stands out to me here with uh, Tampa tonight with Hagel uh, for them. All right, next up here, we've got Edmonton and Detroit. Uh, The Oilers minus 160 road favorites, seven the total. A, I don't want to step in front of Edmonton. So that's number one. And number two, Detroit's in a tough spot, coming home off the very long, lengthy West Coast road trip uh, as well for this uh, Red Wings team. So it's not even the greatest of situational looks for them. Uh, Although they did get a sweep in California, uh, beating San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim. We'll see if they can roll that success uh, into this matchup here against an Edmonton team that, you know, you know things are going well when you play pretty lethargic, pretty sterile type of game against Chicago the other night. Pretty ugly. Not at all the best game Edmonton's played during this win streak, and you still win. You find a way. Not pretty. Not a Picasso. Not a Rembrandt. uh, But you still win that game 2-1 against Chicago the other night. Uh, just don't want to step in front of a team that's on this kind of win streak. Um, it's, uh, But at the same time, do I want to lay minus 160? No. I like totals. That's more than anything here. I'm going to wait for six and a half. I'm not going to take it at seven. But we're definitely going to wait for a six and a half. Uh, Detroit still, even though finally they saw a game stay under uh, against Anaheim, they had still been an over machine. They had been seven and one to the over in eight games prior to that under against Anaheim, and it barely stayed under. You look at series history, we've seen uh, in this uh, matchup, uh, four, three straight games have gone over the total. seven, five, five, two, and then 5-4 uh, in a shootout in Edmonton last year. So pretty high-scoring affairs. Feel very confident this game gets at least a 7, but I'm going to wait to see a 6.5 with an in-game live uh, look uh, rather than bet the 7 pregame with this total. And this is definitely one I've got earmarked to for a first period both teams to score as well with the uh, Oilers and the Red Wings. I think that's definitely a solid uh, option here. First period over is too pricey, too expensive. At least with the first period, both teams to score, you chop down the price, and I think it's very reasonable for both teams to be able to find the back of the net in the opening 20 minutes. Because that over one and a half minus 170? No, that's just too pricey for me. Uh, What do you think here, Alex? Oilers, Red Wings.
0: Yeah, I would be inclined to bet both teams to score first period, especially with how Edmonton's doing. But it, it is interesting to note, looking at the history of these two teams, last four meetings, Detroit has come out with a first period win in uh, each of those. They've they've literally two nothing, one nothing, one nothing, and two nothing. And then you look at two meetings before that, it was a scoreless first period. So uh, Detroit in three of those last four meetings, by the way, being uh, at the Pizza Box. Little Caesars Arena. So for whatever reason, Detroit has gotten off to a good start at home against Edmonton historically. And that we're talking about better Edmonton teams and arguably some you know shakier Detroit teams in that spot. So maybe there's something where Edmonton doesn't get off to a good foot in Detroit for whatever reason. I might take a small shot with Detroit uh, first period on the money line, plus 125 is the highest price I'm seeing. So a little sprinkle on there and then we can it gives us some room to kind of adjust and look for things live. We're looking for, obviously, lower totals in the first period and full game. I mean, I'm seeing some seven-and-a-halves floating around at, at points bet. That's kind of absurd. So we should see those numbers drop quite fast in, in live wagering, and we might be able to get in with a full game and first period uh, over as well as grabbing that Detroit first period money
2: Yep, definitely, and it is Calvin Pickard in net to confirm what uh, uh, JF's asking in the chat. Yep, uh, definitely uh, – Calvin Pickard, and look, Calvin Pickard's been better than I thought he would be here with Edmonton. He's actually had some decent starts, but uh, do I trust him fully? Uh, you know, he's had, a, like I say, though, he has had a couple good starts. He beat New Jersey 6-3, to three, uh, and he played well in that game. Um, he, Anaheim 7-2, to two, he was in net for that game. Um, no question he played well. He also had a home win against New Jersey, 4-1 to one in December. He did have one really rough game, and that was the Florida game at home. They lost 5-1 uh, in December. I still think, you know, I trust Skinner more, especially the current version of Skinner. The current iteration of Skinner has been terrific. He's been excellent. But I don't trust uh, Pickard as much, but it makes that uh, first period both teams, like I say, first period both teams to score. I really like that because I think Detroit can score early, but I don't know if they're going to keep Edmonton off the scoreboard early. Lyon's been kind of not as good as he was pre-injury, uh, Alex Lyon. He's been, oh, he's been all right. He hasn't been as good. So I think the Oilers might be able to find the net as well in the opening period. That first period, both teams to score. I think it's even a bit, the best bet to go with in this game, even better than waiting for that live six and a half with the over. What do you think here in this one, uh, Matt, Edmonton, Detroit?
1: Yeah, I think that best bet is a uh, is a good pick. I think this, there's going to be a lot of goals. I'm not super afraid of the seven, um, but I would prefer to live it at six and a half if it happens. But with these two teams, I mean, there could be two goals in the first five minutes. So. Um, I think best uh, uh, both teams to score is a great bet. Uh, don't really like either of the sides. You know, Edmonton's been playing better. Detroit's at home. You know, I could go back and forth. I can definitely respect that first period, Detroit. Maybe they come out hot, score two. Edmonton scores one, something like that. Um, but, yeah, as far as, you know, this game, I think both teams to score in the first. Or if you, if you find the over at six and a half, maybe you sprinkle it. I've seen it some places, but it's like minus one seventy. Uh, so definitely would want to live that one. So,
2: yeah. Uh, you know what? You saying back and forth reminds me of the great. Uh, you basically the late great Aaliyah, great singer she was. You know, you Aaliyah this game back, back, forth and forth. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's what you're doing <laughs> back and forth on this game, right, Matt? One hundred percent with uh, Edmonton and Detroit. Uh, for me, first period, both teams to score. Uh, like I said, I really like that. And like I said, I'm going to wait for a live uh, six and a half there uh, with uh, this. One. As far as the props go in this game, um, Perron, I still think Perron's, you know, uh, undervalued. He's been uh, two goals, two assists, four points in four games. Lucas Raymond, goal five assists, six points in the last five games. Certainly from an assist standpoint, he's been really good. Uh, for Edmonton, um, you know, it's funny the the, the Fogel mcleod combo, which was really starting to score a lot of goals. Uh, They've calmed down a little bit, but I still think there's great uh, value as far as uh, both of them uh, right now. uh, Fogle and McLeod uh, on the Edmonton side, Uh, their lineup, because they've been winning, really hasn't changed all that much. So it doesn't really open up a ton of opportunities for that bargain bin value. You know, uh, Chris Knobloch's not going to change a winning formula. So not as much, uh, you know, with the uh, lineup changes for them. For Detroit, like I said, Perron, Raymond. Uh, you know, Robbie Fabry scored, you know, on that road trip. And I know him and Valeno, they're down on the fourth line, it looks like tonight. But you can't argue that they've, they've chipped in offensively. So you're definitely going to get some value with their props tonight uh, in this game. All right, Ottawa and Buffalo next up. We've got the Sabres, minus 125 home favorites, seven the total here, shaded to the under. Now, this I jumped on last night as far as the total. I got over six and a half, minus 135 last night. I figured, I don't know if this is going to stay put. And sure enough, it hasn't. It's basically moved to seven everywhere. So thank goodness we locked this one in last night. I say now, though, you do what I plan to do with the Edmonton game. And that's wait for a six and a half if all you can find is seven. I'm also going to, and gosh, help me, because it seems like every time I bet Buffalo lately, it's the kiss of death. But I'm going to take the Sabres here tonight, uh, minus 125. I just don't, uh, I don't, I, I don't trust Ottawa at all. They and even with a lead, let's say Ottawa's up two to one, uh, three to one in the third period. Do you trust them to close that game out with the absolute shit show that we see night in and night out from this group trying to protect a lead, which hasn't gotten better uh, under uh, Jacques Martin uh, since he's been there? So um, and look, it's not going to get better till they get home. This has been ridiculous, all these road games they've played. How long have they been on the road? I mean, they played at that West Coast trip, they had one home game. Then in Toronto, they had two home games after that, and then they're back on the road for four straight, five straight after tonight, and then they're finally going to get an extended homestand. And only then, you know, I think is Ottawa going to have some chance for tangible improvement and figuring this thing out defensively, and I'm not even sure they will. But it's not going to happen until Jacques Martins' extended time where they're not traveling, going to one city after another. They have extended practice time. Only then are, they, are we going to see if they can to get this thing going and get on some kind of run. Until then, I think they're fade material, including tonight. So uh, Buffalo for me, I got on over 6.5 as well last night, but now at 7, I, I'll recommend just wait for a live number uh, at 6.5 or better. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex? Ottawa-Buffalo.
0: Yeah, it would have to be either looking live or just a complete pass here. And, and at seven, we should be able to grab, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to try to wait for a five and a half. So you got to be talking about six and a half, hopefully laying somewhere in the dollar, $10, $20 range, even for the first period over, You're seen the minus 180, 190 ninety. We'll try to get that down to at least 140. Uh, and I would be more inclined to play that than both teams to score. It's hard to trust Buffalo, but, uh, Ottawa has been a solid team in that first period over, so that's the thing I'm kind of looking for. I want to get that down to around 140 and try and hit both, uh, hit, hit that first period over. But other than that, to pass on the sides,
2: all right. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Ottawa, Buffalo. Oh, you know what? I think we did just Matt's uh, Matt's uh, me? internet. Yeah, oh, we got it. We got you. Yep,
1: yeah, it sort of froze up there towards the end of Alex's uh, Alex's play, but yeah, I don't. Again, there there was a time that when any time I'd see a seven, I'd usually take it just because I think, you know, those goals come in bunches in those games. This one, Buffalo's two back and forth. Ottawa, same thing. Like some games, you know, this could be a six five game, could be a two one game. Um, I do like it at six and a half, so I might try and live it, but no no real initial play here and no play on the sides um for me
2: at this point. And we've got Forsberg at and- uh, Lucanen uh, in net. So it's going to be Anton Forsberg for Ottawa, Uko Pekka Lucanen for uh, Buffalo here in this game. You know what I'm doing with Buffalo? I said I'm on Buff. I am on Buffalo money line. I'm splitting that up. I'm splitting that up with the team total over three and a half. I have to, because I don't want to be stuck, you know, where it- what if it ends up being five, four, Ottawa, the team total casters. And I put the whole amount on the money line, with Buffalo, and I look like an ass hat. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to look like that. Uh, here with this team, I'm done being made look to look like a fool from this Buffalo Sabers team because they're very capable of getting the four goals and still losing this game. Uh, believe me, that can absolutely happen, no question. So uh, I'm going to definitely split it up here. Buffalo money line with that team total for the Sabers over uh, in the, this game. Yeah, as far as yeah, Skinner and Victor Olafson uh, are both out for uh Buffalo. Jeff Skinner. Uh, and uh, Victor Olafson. So there's going to be some shakeups here with the uh, line combos for uh, Donnie Granado as a result. Looks like here tonight we've got, oh, we got Greenway back on the top line. Problem is, remember Greenway was on the top line and I'm betting him to score and we just didn't see enough offense from him last time he was up there with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. But I would lean that way. There is value. I would sprinkle maybe on Jordan Greenway here. J.J. Paterka, Cous- uh, anyone from that line with J.J. Paterka, Dylan Cousins, and especially my guy, the mighty Quinn, Uh, Jack Quinn. uh, I definitely think their props are really good. Quinn has been my go-to player prop lately for the Buffalo Sabres. I think that's probably worth a look again. And then for Ottawa, going into this game, you know, unfortunately, a lot of their players that were red hot, they're kind of cooling off, Batherson included. Uh, We'll see if he can uh, get things turned around. It looks like tonight, uh, they are going to change things up with the power play. Uh, They're going to give Ridley Gregg some more power play time. So, Maybe he's someone that can step things up. Maybe it's some value with his props tonight uh, as a result of that. All right, next up, we've got uh, Anaheim and Carolina. Uh, The the Hurricanes, a huge uh, home favorite uh, in this game against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, And the total here currently at six and a half, shaded to the under. Uh, We've got uh, Carolina minus 360 uh, here in this matchup, taking on the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Um. Obviously, the Carolina Hurricanes are a team that is playing, you know, I think some very strong hockey right now. Uh, no question about that. Uh, we've seen that from them of late. Well, I to, I, I'm just waiting on goalie confirmations here because we don't have them for either side yet. Uh, we have Gibson as an expected but not confirmed. And we have Kochekov as an expected but not confirmed uh, for uh, Carolina. That makes all the difference in the world. I'm very much more hesitant to bet against Carolina with Piotr Kochetkov, as you guys all know. We think both of Alex and I especially think very highly uh, of Piotr Kochetkov. There's no question about that. Now, I had the over with Anaheim Nashville the other night. So did uh, Alex. We're happy to cash that. But in the pit of my gut, I remember my analysis uh, on Tuesday of that game. I said, don't be surprised if Anaheim's hanging around and maybe wins that game because there's signs of them playing better hockey lately. You know, they've been more competitive. They could have beat Detroit at the end of that homestand. They lost 3-2. I'm definitely seeing this Anaheim team, you know, like I said, they finally got themselves, you know, uh, out of that dark tunnel that they were in. They got a very impressive borderline dominant win against Anaheim. Nashville the other night. They raced out to that 5-0 lead. I think they were kind of guilty of taking their foot off the gas pedal in the third period. Uh, Nashville got three goals, and it ended 5-3. But there's no question uh, that um, the Anaheim Ducks, they're playing some really good hockey, uh, better hockey right now the last couple games. I am concerned, though, they lose Zegras again. Uh, He's on IR. Uh, They're already without Carlson and Jones. Uh, Tristan Lunau, who's going to become more important on that blue line uh, with Jamie Drysdale traded away. And Pavel Minchikov, who's played well on that blue line, he also may not play uh, in this game. I'm a little concerned about that. Natchez is out for uh, Carolina, so uh, they've got a key player out as well. This is a pass for now. Uh, I'm waiting to see who's in net, and then I'll make my decisions. Put it this way. If it's Kochekov, I'd probably take Carolina team total over. If it's not Kochekov, I'd probably take full game over. That's kind of the way I'm thinking here. Uh, What do you think, Alex? Anaheim, Carolina.
0: If it's Kochekov, I'm on the draw. And if it's Ronta, I'm on Anaheim money line, and I have
2: to play it based yep. on
0: the series history. Just the last three games alone, Ducks have cashed as a plus two forty five dog uh, early in the season. Last year, as a plus four hundred dog, one in Raleigh three two, and then yep. a four three win at home uh, past regulation. So at plus 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 two fifty dog. So they have dominated uh, this series history for going back several years, and then. 90% of the games I'm looking at, they've been underdogs. So at this big of a, of a price, and clearly the books have not uh, factored that into too much. They're just going off of current form and current form makes sense in, in the sense of Carolina. Obviously they should be a, a bigger favorite here, but this is a spot I think worth uh, laying a little bit on the dog, not a full unit, but it's definitely worth taking a shot. Especially if we get Rata and that, who's been very shaky. Like I said, these are both teams that are banged up dealing with issues, but, uh, Clearly, the Ducks have no problem playing in Raleigh and playing against this Canes team overall. So, plus 290, plus 300, that's worth the sprinkle. we just got to wait for confirmations.
2: Yeah, I'm going to jump on that, too, because I remember, you know, I, I remember cashing with Anaheim at Carolina last year. And I t- remember, I remember yeah. it. I, That's yeah, one of the yeah. proudest moments of all of last season on this <clears throat> Ice Guys show was they were plus fucking 400 in that game. I remember it. The price was insane. And I'm like, this is a spot for Carolina to be a little bit sleepy, And it's a spot for Anaheim here in Raleigh to sneak up and maybe beat them. And, yeah, I know they got badly outshot. And I mean badly. It was 53-16 to uh, for Carolina, shots on goal. And Gibson had one of those incredible performances in that. And Frederick Anderson was untrustworthy, which he can be. Uh, And they got badly outshot, badly outplayed. But who was coming coming through and exiting that game with a winning ticket at the end of the night? Me, uh, on Anaheim. Uh, And so –
0: Oh no!
2: St. no, No, and so, and and sometimes styles make fights. You look at it; three straight victories, head to head for Anaheim over Carolina. And this is kind of a dead spot for Carolina. You know, they're rolling along. They're, you know, I don't want to say they're reading their press clippings, but they know they're playing great hockey. Uh, they've won five of the last six. They did drop one in a shootout to St. Louis, but they didn't play that bad. Um, you know, it's got all, and they've plus they got Pittsburgh, L.A. They got some bigger games coming up. I know it's just not that spot where. Uh, I, it's it's going to be an easy one, I think. I don't think it'll be an easy one for Carolina.
0: No, I was just going to make one point about how if there's one team in the entire league where we can look and say, oh, well, they outshot a team, you know, but they found their way to lose, it's the Carolina Hurricanes. This team frequently, we talked about that history with them and New York Rangers, but you can you can throw a bunch of teams out. No team has consistently played games where they've outshot teams by nearly or over a 2-1 margin. And found their way to lose like Carolina, so that's one thing you you could kind of almost say take it with a grain of salt. If you see Carolina, they're going to outshoot everybody every night, so you can't always factor that into whether you're going to bet them to win or lose.
2: No, yeah, I'm going to, and what I will do too is if it's Ronta, I'm definitely doing a little money line and a little team total over two and a half with Anaheim Uh, because you know I don't want to be in that spot too where I'm doing this a lot more. There's there's been instances again where I've been on team total uh, and or I've been on money line and team loses the game and the team total over still it hits. You know, I've, I've been victimized by that enough where this team total money line type of split deal is really starting to appeal to me when I like a particular team. What do you think here in this one, Matt Anaheim Carolina?
1: Yeah. With the exception of the current San Jose sharks, I always get excited for a plus 300 dog. Um, And I do think given the history, I think the ducks could sneak this one out. So I might sprinkle that money line um, depending on goaltending. You know, could factor in some team totals. As you mentioned, if Rons is playing, I might hit that team total for the Ducks. Um, and then this may be a game. I don't – it'll it'll depend on goaltending, but this may be a game I take the first period over to. Um, I could see both teams scoring early and, you know, maybe early and often, but maybe slowing down. So, um, But, yeah, I like that Ducks money line. If you can get it at plus 300, that's awesome. Um, why not? Why
2: not the ducks tonight? So, yeah, I, I why not? I agree with that. Troy Terry's on fire. Petrino's on the top line. Kalorn's on the top line. So there's a few options as far as a duck props. Carolina, I would say, look, Svechnikov and Aho. Lately, if you take both of them over one and a half points, you're at least hitting one, and they're both plus money. So you hit one, you're profitable. But that has been the norm lately. Aho and Svechnikov, they have got it going. For Carolina, I would consider Nason. We've talked about Nason a lot. Bunting's now on the second line. Uh, his props are worth a look. Brent Burns is worth a look right now. This guy is really feeling it. Three goals, six assists, nine points in the last six games for this Carolina team. So, uh, he again, he's firing the puck a lot. He's getting in on a lot of the offense right now. Uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, so uh, definitely not a bad option there as well with uh, Brent Burns. All right, we've got a tale of teams going in opposite directions right now facing off the sputtering, struggling L.A. Kings and the absolutely smoking, red-hot, whatever you want to call them, Florida Panthers. There they are. They're red-hot right now. Florida minus 140, home favorite, six the total in this game. That being said, this is a team that just dominated their road trip, dummied everybody, Vegas, Colorado, the two defending Stanley Cup champs back-to-back, no letdown, no hiccup at St. Louis to end that road trip. Dominant victory once again for the Florida Panthers. However, off that great, wonderful, successful, dominant road trip, now you're back home for that first game. It's a tricky spot. I get it. That being said, this team's on fire, and I ain't fading them. You know. You can do that with your money. I'm not uh, right now, even with the spot being a little dubious here for the Florida Panthers, minus 140. Now, I'm not taking Florida tonight. It is a tricky spot. Minus 140 is not the great price. And L.A., I think at some point, is going to win a hockey game. They're too good still, in my opinion, to be the, this much of a skid and tailspin. But, man, the, uh, the confidence is chipped away at this team. There's no question. You're up 2 nothing against Tampa Bay. Your bread and butter is defending the lead. Usually for all these last recent years, and they're blowing leads. You're right, and it's not L.A. Kings hockey that they're playing right now. They are supposed to shut things down with a lead. They're not doing it right now. And Talbot's hit a little bit of a rough patch, a little you know for the first time this year. He's not nearly been as sharp, uh, which you don't love to see. Uh, There's concerns right now for L.A. Talbot and Net Bobrovsky for Florida. I don't really have much here. I really don't. I mean, I'm not going against Florida, no way. But I'm also not going to jump on this. uh, Panthers team tonight in a spot where they're coming off a very successful road trip. Fat and happy syndrome, it does concern me that it maybe gets into Florida, but it didn't get into Florida with St. Louis the other night. Look at it. They had every right to be flat against St. Louis coming off Bay. Are you kidding me? Vegas and Colorado back to back on the road and you and you basically dominate those two teams and no hiccup at all playing St. Louis. Played a great game. So they're 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 they're, they're awesome right now. Both ends of the ice. I'm not fading the Panthers. I'm not what do you think here, Alex, King's Panther?
0: I, one, I just can't believe that all these games are scheduled at uh 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm just looking at that. We still have not gotten out of the 7 p.m. sleep. Uh I just wanted to make that known. Everything time. kind of bunched up m. all at once. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah you yeah.
0: know, how about spread something out when you got you know 13,
2: 14, Ridiculous, games.
0: Yeah, it's just yeah. insane. But I digress. Uh, I like I the do. draw here. It's as high as plus 380 at FanDuel. Like you said, this is kind of one of those spots. Florida got to come down to earth at some point, and the Kings have to kind of come back up from earth at some point. Uh, and you don't really want to take a shot with either one at these prices necessarily. I would have liked Florida if they been continuing on the road at minus $1. forty. Hell, yeah, i have been all over that, especially if we're talking about at L.A. You know how bad the Kings have been at home. But flip-flopped around, I can see this being maybe a closer game. Kind of see the same kind of thing, maybe not necessarily what we saw from LA and Tampa, where it just complete just collapse late and then they lose. But I think it will be close enough to where it goes past sixty. So at plus three eighty, give me the draw.
2: All right, the, the draw. I could see it. I could see it. LA certainly has played three of the last five games. For LA, have gone past regulation. Florida, not so much. Florida's been so fucking dominant. You know, they they haven't even come close to overtime the last several games during this eight game win streak that they are on, but. Yeah, I mean, that was a thoroughly impressive road trip. Now, the one thing that L.A. does have going for them is they've won five, six in a row against Florida. You know, L.A. has played well. They've dominated this head-to-head series. Um, so that's why this game's just, it's all over the map for me, and that's why I'm staying off it. The only thing I would look at is what Alex is thinking here with the draw, maybe a small piece of that. What do you think here in this one, Matt, Kings-Panthers?
1: Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I think draw is not a bad play, as you mentioned. They seem to both be going in different directions, but they're both good teams at the end of the day. And I'll I throw a question like
2: out to you, Matt, about this game. Yeah. Are you, as, a, as an NHL better, do you think about the spot overriding the, the form or the form overriding the spot? Because if you're if you think the spot is more valuable and the better handicapping factor for this game than the form, then you're on L.A., Cause it is an LA spot. They're desperate. Florida's yeah. off a long successful road trip. They could be a little off their game. So if you if the spot overrides the form, you're on LA. If the form overrides the spot, you're on Florida tonight, because there's no way that right now Florida's the much better of these two teams at the moment as far <clears throat> as current form is concerned.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I think just from playing in the past, LA is in a desperation format. So you know they need to bounce back and what better way to do that than in, in Florida. Um again it it's tough for me because I, I don't really want to take either of these sides. Um I do kind of like the over at six. Um you know maybe we get a three three great three three game uh in Alex's draw hits and then the over hits as well. Um but yeah I mean I would lean towards LA just given the value. Um but I mean, I just don't think I could bet against Florida after their last four or five games. So um, this is a tough one. I might sprinkle the over. Uh, That's probably it for me.
2: Yeah, I don't hate the over here. Six and three in the last nine meetings uh, over the total, Kings and Panthers. Uh, So we have seen some – and like I say, he's not shutting it down like they've – uh been able like they normally do when they're on top of their game uh, and that's another thing that would concern you a little bit uh for florida i mean with, with their props i mean my goodness you could go in so many different directions kachuk is on fire verhage is on fire barkov's got 14 points in the last eight games 12 points in the last six for verhage 14 points in the last six for kachuk reinhardt uh right now is just a uh, rolling so uh take your pick you know any of those players uh right now for florida as far as props go are not bad options at the moment with uh the way they're producing. All right, we're still in the seven Eastern uh, block of games somehow. And this is the last of the seven Eastern games, though. Next up, Leafs and Islanders, uh, where the Boo Birds for Johnny Tavares, I'm sure, will be out in full force once again. Uh, we've got the uh, Leafs minus 130 uh, road favorites. Uh, the total in this one, six and a half across the board. Uh, between the uh, Leafs and the Islanders. I I do like the over a little bit here uh, in this game. I like the first period, both teams to score a little bit here uh, in this game as well, and I definitely like the draw uh, in this one with the Leafs and Islanders. We just saw the last meeting with these teams in Long Island go to OT uh, between these two teams, so I like draw. I like both teams to score early. I do think the Islanders will bring a better effort to the table because that was you know, pretty pathetic, albeit against a very good Vancouver team uh, in their last game earlier this week. So I expect them, and again, that crowd's going to be more raucous than usual because John Tavares stirs up that anger and that vitriol uh, in that uh, Islander fan base there at uh, UBS Arena whenever he comes back to town. I think, again, it's time to let bygones be bygones, but apparently that's never going to happen. But uh, as far as this game uh, goes, uh, like I say, I like both teams to get on the board early. Martin Jones and Nets has been great again, but you like just come off two games against a horrendous team in the uh, San Jose Sharks. So let's see you keep it to two goals or one goal allowed tonight You know when you're playing the uh, Islanders off a really bad, shoddy game against Vancouver. And an Islanders team that, look, offensively they've been better this year than they've been in years past, and we know defensively they have their issues still. So uh, first period, uh, both teams to score a little bit on that, over 6.5 in the draw for me as well here. Alex uh, Leafs Islanders.
0: Well, I mean, Maple draws and Tylanders, so we're definitely going with that regulation draw here. But uh, this is one I would probably look to grab that live over as well. I could try and look for a five-and-a-half lane, this price, uh, rather than a six-and-a-half. So that's something I'll be trying to, to get in-game. But as far as pregame goes, just going strictly with the draw.
2: I mean, we absolutely uh, have to bet that draw. You're right. We've got the Toronto Maple draws and the New York Tylanders, who we've been talking about all year as two of the biggest overtime shootout Uh, go past regulation teams uh, all season in the NHL. So we we have to be on it just by out of principle. Uh, What do you think here, Matt Leafs Islanders?
1: Yeah. Love the draw. I'll be riding with the boys. Um, If you can get that over down, you know, if it's a slow start and then, you know, gets down to five and a half, I could easily see this being a three, three game. Uh, Don't really like either side. Uh, You know, if I had to pick, I'd probably lean for Toronto um obviously you have to lay a little more out there but um and then prop wise you've got to you've got a third johnny t to score anytime back in new york i know he's been back a bunch of times but he's always going to get booed he's going to love scoring there i mean as a player if you're getting booed you you fucking love it when you do score you point up to the crowd so um always worth throwing a little on him when he's back in back in new york
2: yeah, he, he'd never, he'd actually never do that because he's too stoic and too. Well, he's a gentleman. He's a class act at bars, but he's also class very active. stoic. He'd never have it the guts in him to like show up to the crowd even if they're booing his ass.
0: And he should, he,
2: he ours, should, because
0: yeah. like the numbers, that, even the, and, and I'm sure the fans really didn't like the fact that he ended up getting his thousand, you know, the thousand point. To tie that game last game when they were there and, and the, the bench empty. They had asked the league to do that. They went to celebrate with him on the ice all together if he got that done and he happened to do it, happened to be the part of the tying goal, and uh, send that game in the OT. And I just wanted to make this note too, talk about these two teams. Number one, number two in regulation games played, or uh, games past regulation. Both teams have played a total of 78 combined games this season. Islanders have 40, Toronto 38. Each team yeah. has 15 games going past regulation, so 30 of 78 between these two teams essentially have gone have gone past regulation with these two clubs. So if there's one, if you don't play a draw all year long, you should be playing the draw on these two teams. Yeah,
2: yeah, no question. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, the draw definitely uh, stands out here as far as uh, this game with uh, again two of the teams that have gone to overtime more than any. Uh, in uh, the uh, NHL. You know what? I'm a little bit surprised that, because uh, we talk about the Lady Bing Trophy, talking about Tavares and how much of a gentleman he is. I'm surprised he hasn't won that yet, Lady Bing Trophy, uh, John Tavares, because uh, you would think he'd be in the mix for that, uh, but obviously uh, hasn't uh, happened yet for him. But I like over one and a half points for Tavares, not only to get a goal, but over one, over one and a half points cashed for me in that game uh, last time he was in Long Island. So uh, we might go back to the well with that. Uh, the law firm of Holmstrom and Wallstrom for the New York Islanders. I like both of their props. Holmstrom has been good. Wallstrom's up to the top line tonight. So uh, some changes with Lane Lambert moving, uh, uh, Wallstrom, Oliver Wallstrom to the top line tonight for this game alongside the captain Anders Lee and Bo Horvat. So there's definitely some value with props on, uh, Oliver Wallstrom tonight in this game. All right. We've got Chicago Winnipeg, uh, next up, uh, Winnipeg Jets of uh, minus 400 huge huge home favorites uh, the total five and a half here in this game um, tough ask for Chicago I mean they're just so undermanned at this point in time especially up front uh, difficult to ask them to beat teams of this caliber uh, especially now on the road at least at home they've been feisty on the road it's been a lot tougher sledding uh, for the Blackhawks this season no question. Uh, and now they face a Winnipeg team. I give all the credit to the Winnipeg Jets. Columbus had been a thorn in their side, off a tricky spot in a tricky spot too the other night, where they're off a long road trip, and they put the fucking boots to Columbus. Uh, that Winnipeg team. I have no interest, zero, going against Winnipeg again after that one. Um, and and again though, minus four hundred. Where's the value? I'm not so, so sure. And the Blackhawks are going to want to keep this to a one-one-two-one type deal. Um, so we'll see how this one goes. You know, I would lean slightly to the first period over, but we 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 saw you know, and, and Chicago's kind of had some of those, but I like those more at home. Winnipeg, we saw a bit of a slow offensive start against Columbus the other night, so I don't even really love that. So this is really a game that, other than maybe a proper two, not a whole lot here. What do you think, Alex? Chicago, Winnipeg?
0: Yeah, this is this is probably going to be a boring game, and that's the way that the Hawks going to want it. Uh, they have to kind of, you know, play low and slow against a lot of teams because they're missing so many guys offensively, and this is definitely one of those teams we have to do it. Problem is the Jets kind of – they kind of placate to the Hawks, right? Like like years ago when the Hawks were really good during the Showtime dynasty, the Jets would always come in pissed off, angry. They'd be trying to run them over and run them through the boards, and oftentimes we'd end up getting the win. So the Jets were actually a good team to back in this series, and then things faded. They became just completely dominant but they've been close contest is looking at some of the last you saw the last game with the Hawks at home against the Jets they won two to one the game went past regulation uh matchups last year three one four one three one where we saw goals coming in late in the contest even a seven two blowout going back a couple of years ago it was one nothing at the end of 20. So we might have time to grab some things in-game, we might be able to grab Jets' money line if they're down one nothing after 20 minutes. We can grab both teams to score in the second period. Might even sprinkle a little bit on the full game over now at 5.5, or you can even wait a little bit later and try to grab some big plus money with that because you're only going to wait about maybe two to three minutes, maybe even five minutes tops. You can get plus 140 uh, if nothing's going on. So it's a live game that I'll be attacking, but I will be sprinkling on the draw pregame. You can get that as high as plus 490. Uh, whenever you see a spot with a team laying 400, yeah. you get some really good odds on, on the draw here, and I think this game could be close enough to where we, you know, find it going past regulation. And at plus 450, you can't sneeze at that. That you know, you throw up some beer money on that one, and that's a good profit if it hits.
2: It does, and even if it's just a couple bucks, so a small shot here with plus 490. And again, we did see overtime in Chicago. I got a little less confidence we'll see it tonight in Winnipeg, but. Uh, Again, plus 490 is a big price if you want to take a shot with that. For me with props, I'm going to try Blackwell and Rem Pitlick again for Chicago. Uh, Blackwell's been good. And Rem Pitlick, man, that's a tough beat the other night against Edmonton. That guy had chance after chance after chance. Rem Pitlick on the top line for the Blackhawks. Just couldn't find it, uh, the back of the net. But he had chances. And then for Winnipeg. Velarde, yes, but especially Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti's the guy right now. Four goals in the last three games. Three-game goal streak coming into tonight, so definitely got to get on Perfetti here tonight for the Jets. Uh, What do you think here, Matt, with this one, Chicago-Winnipeg?
1: Yeah, this one's interesting to me. Just since Hellebuck is confirmed out and they've got – I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, Broussoit. Yeah, I figured it was French, so – you know, obviously he's got some decent numbers, but he's playing these types of games. It's not like he's playing when they're playing, you know, Colorado, Vegas, Dallas, you know, those types of teams. Um, and said, So, you know, Chicago has a shot to stay in this game. Um, I don't know that I like any of the sides, you know, maybe the over. Uh, I do – I feel you like – You do Chicago say that a
2: five-and-a-half is an auto over for you. This is going to be yeah. put to the test, though, this one. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, if Hellebuck's playing this game, I, I would stay off of that five and a half. But I don't know. I feel like with all the injuries in Chicago, some guys are getting chances to earn contracts. You know, there's obviously going to be some some flopping to their lineup. A couple of their low-end guys will be back in the AHL where they probably belong. But, you know, you're giving guys chances to earn 10x their their salary in the AHL. So, um I don't know I kind of like the over here at five and a half just also given that it's so rare this season and it tends to hit when I do see it so I'll probably jump on that I'll stay off the sides there's no real value either way Um, I jokingly put in the chat that uh, Chicago minus two and a half is plus 1000 if you think Chicago just goes into Winnipeg and wins by five be a hell of a night um, and then prop wise, I do like Jason Dickinson anytime point. It's plus 115 on Bovada. That's he's not been, a
2: bad one. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Getting plus money with him. He's getting big time minutes with all the injuries right now. Um, former Dallas star. So, always been a fan of him, following him along. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I feel like he's chipping in and he's one of those veteran guys that has been there. Um, so, you know, at plus 115 anytime point, I don't hate that. Uh, Again, given that Hella not in net, he's so lights out right now. Like it's it's not even fair. So um, yeah, that would probably be. I'm gonna probably put a little bit on the over and then Dickinson anytime point.
2: And Dickinson's got, I think three game point streak, two goals in the last three games got their only goal against Edmonton uh, the other night, So it's, I I like that look, actually, I might jump on that uh, with uh, Jason Dickinson, get on that uh, prop there with him. No doubt. uh, He would be someone, but uh, Perfetti for sure stands out for uh, the Winnipeg side. No question. As far as the uh, props in this game. All right, New York Rangers, St. Louis blues Rangers, minus minus one seventy road favorites, six being the uh, total here in this game. Uh, And, uh, as far as a goaltending for Rangers Blues, it looks like it's going to be here tonight. Shesterkin and Bennington uh, in between the uh, pipes uh, here in this one. Uh, we've got obviously the New York Rangers uh, in bounce back mode uh, after a loss to Vancouver. Two straight losses, in fact, because they lost in a shootout to Montreal uh, on Saturday. They'll lose 6-3 at home to the Vancouver Canucks uh, in the last game. Uh, we've talked about this right now with the Rangers where um, right now they're in one of these f- phases right now as far as totals you know, eight and two to the over uh, in their last 10 games. And either they're scoring three, four, five goals or they're giving up four, five, six goals. You know, that seems to be the recent theme with the New York Rangers. And one of both of those things are happening and their games are going over the total. Uh, The uh, problem with that is St. Louis has been the other way. You know, they've gone six straight under going into this game, the St. Louis Blues. So Rangers are an over machine under a machine right now for St. Louis. So what's the tiebreaker? Well maybe you look head to head. And if you look head to head, three of the last four have gone over uh between these two teams. Uh we have seen five, three, six, two, six, four. I do like the over here a little bit. I mean, Chesterkin's still up and down, still trying to find that game in, game out consistency. I don't know if Bennington's gonna shut down Uh, the New York Rangers, especially coming off a disheartening six to three loss. So I'm going to look at the over here, six. And I'm also going to take Rangers team total uh, over three and a half plus 105. One of those deals where I don't want the minus 170. No way. I'm not screwing around with regulation or minus one puck lines or any of that nonsense either. Uh, I shouldn't say nonsense. They can be good bets, but uh, I just don't want to bother with it. Uh, I'm just going to focus on Rangers get four goals in a spot where I don't think they take St. Louis lightly off back-to-back losses. So uh, over six, and also a Rangers team total over three and a half here for me at plus money. Uh, Alex, Rangers Blues.
0: Yeah, I had to range for this game over at uh, pointspreads.com. I don't, I don't really care for this game too much. There's nothing that's standing out for me, and it's more than likely with a big car going to be a pass.
2: All right, Matt, Rangers Blues.
1: Yeah, so I actually have a really good buddy, Sean O'Connor, uh, back in Dallas, that is a diehard Rangers fan. So he gave me, a, he's been watching the show since I started jumping on. He gave me some breakdowns. Um, I love the over in this game. I know Bennington, the last three outings have been nice. Um, But prior to that, he had given up some big games. And Shesterkin's given up 12 in his last three. Uh, Obviously, the one against Chicago. uh, But, you know, to give up five against Vancouver, six against Carolina. Um, Love the over here. And uh, I know you've mentioned this before, Ian, but teams teams playing against their old team is always an interesting prop. Uh Buchnevich and uh yeah, Hayes one. both for the blues anytime point tonight. And just given what's going on in the media and you know, we talked about it early in the show. I love Hayes to score in this game. Plus 360. Um anywhere somewhere around there, plus three sixty. Probably can get it a little higher depending on where you look. Um, but yeah, and then another another one that I think has been hitting a lot lately is is the Bana over two and a half shots. Uh it's even money. Um, you know. I do think New York takes it, I like the team total, I like the over, so I I wouldn't be surprised if Savannah Jad gets, you know, three shots on goal in a game that they score four or five goals, so. Yeah, but definitely not going to take the Rangers at minus 170 in case it is a 4-3 game, uh, or sorry, a 3-3 game goes to overtime, maybe St. Louis gets lucky, I don't know, Um, so I like the the Rangers team total, the game over, uh, and then a couple of those props.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to go with Vinny Trocek for props for the Rangers. This is the number one hottest uh, Ranger forward right now. No question about that is what he's done doing right now is very impressive. I mean, Panarin's up there too. Don't get me wrong. He's been excellent. But Trocheck in particular, it's just been an explosion for him the last five games, four goals and a whopping nine points for Vinny Trocek here in the last five games for the uh, New York Rangers. So, uh, absolute. And, you know, Kevin Hayes, too, to score a goal, not only against his old team, the Rangers, now with St. Louis, but you just get that feeling after all the shit storm with him yeah. the last 24 hours and being connected to forcing Cutter Gauthier to want to leave the Flyers and request a trade that maybe he wants to have a, a great game on the ice to kind of clear his mind and, like, focus on playing hockey, playing a good game uh, tonight. So that's another reason and a little intangible that might be on Kevin Hayes' side here as far as uh, get, finding the back of the net. All right. Well, this has been a monster card. And like I say, we try to keep the show to 90 minutes on these big days. We're getting close to the end, though. Two games left. Calgary, Arizona. Calgary minus 130 road favorite. Six the total. Shaded to the over in this game. I think I like the first period over in this game in particular. Flames and Coyotes. Vemelka, if you look at him, he's going to be a net tonight. I don't love his play nearly as much this season as uh, Connor Ingram. For Arizona who was very good against Boston when they beat the Bruins the other night, uh, 3.13 goals against 900 save percentage. Uh, he ended up giving up five goals and a six to two loss at home here at Mullet uh, against Winnipeg the last time he started. So not don't, don't have the same confidence I have in him. Uh, Jacob Markstrom expected, although that's not confirmed. Uh, Calgary's had a little offensive surge here lately, six against Ottawa, three against Chicago, although they lost that game. They put up the sixth spot in Nashville, Uh, On their road trip, three of their last four games have gone over Uh, each of the last uh, two meetings uh, between these teams last year went over the total both of the meetings here at Mullet Arena in Arizona, we saw six three Calgary in one game and we saw four three Arizona in the other so I do like the full game over, but I like that first period over I think even more. Uh, in this particular spot because I definitely think the goals could come early. And Calgary's been hitting some of these first-period overs lately. Once again, they had a little run there for a while where the first-period over was hitting. And now you start to see what we've seen from them, that Calgary-Nashville road trip game. It was 6-3, and we saw a ton of goals in the first period. Not so much with the Philly game, but then Chicago game over the weekend. uh, We saw the over hit uh, in that opening period. The Ottawa-Calgary game. Uh the goals were flying left and right in the first period of that game. So first period full game over. I lean to the first period over being the stronger of the two. Uh what do you think here, Alex? Flames Coyotes.
0: Yeah, that's the only play I have is the first period over. One and a half minus a dollar thirty. And I get what people are looking at, okay, well, Calgary has been a hot team of the first period over. Seven and three their last ten. Arizona, not so much, but Arizona, you look at what you know, uh that game against uh boston there were tons of chances there early in the contest and if you look at arizona's numbers in the first period looking at a chart provided by chris otto shout out to him they are fifth uh calgary flames for sorry calgary flames are fourth and goals allowed in the first period 1.15 arizona right in the middle of the pack slowly creeping up toward averaging a goal uh per game in the first period so when you have those two kind of con- contrasting things you've seen the flames being a high first period over team but you've seen a team like arizona Things are starting to kind of turn around with them in that department. They're starting to get goals early. And like I said, the goaltending hasn't been the same. Karel Melka has completely fallen off the face of the earth compared to what we're seeing from Connor Ingram. He's got that good of a goaltender. Said that for a while. And uh, he's definitely one we can back. And, of course, we know with Calgary Flames, uh, you look at you know either Markstrom or Vladar, they've just had issues early giving up goals you know it's not necessarily the first or second shot of the game like it was last season but they get traffic in front early and they tend to find themselves giving up a goal within the first 20 minutes so uh good price good spot going first period
2: all right there you go sharon govich coleman zary uh they're all goal prop candidates for me tonight for calgary for sure uh, with what we've seen out of them um and even huberto who's been uh, better of late and then for arizona you know who I'm going back to the well with for Arizona? We're going back to Dylan Gunther, man. This guy has been a spark. And you wonder why Arizona? Now, this guy get them. Arizona's issue a few games ago was their offense went dormant. Two goals against Anaheim, one against Florida, one against the Islanders. They call this guy up, and all of a sudden he scored in back-to-back games against Winnipeg and Boston for this Arizona Coyotes team. So, uh, And he is a finisher. He has a very good shot, a very good release, and he has put it to good use with back-to-back goals here uh, since his recall uh, against the Jets and the Bruins. So absolutely interested in that. Carcone's cooled off, Cuban. That's the problem. Uh, we, we we rode the Q, uh, the Carconi Express for a while, but he's 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 fallen back to earth a bit. I think it's now, what, 12 or 13 in a row without a goal for him. So it's not for me that Carconi, but I wish you luck if you bet it. What do you think here, Matt? Calgary, Arizona.
1: Love the over, Uh, love the first period over, especially hearing more on on how those are both going for both teams. Um, And if I did have to pick a side, knowing that this game's at Mullet Arena, I think I lean towards the Coyotes. Um, You're getting good value at plus 110. Um, I know they've got a pretty good home record rolling. Um, Calgary's got a losing record on the road. I, you know, again, because it's plus 110, I may sprinkle that side. I think they have a good chance to win this game. Um, but this could also be maybe a draw candidate. I don't know that I'll take it, but you know, I think it's going to be a close game. I do think the over hits, I could see like a four, three game, uh, and it could go either way. So if you're going to pick a side, I'd go coyotes. Um, but yeah, definitely going to be on the over in the first period
2: over. Yeah. Those are my primary bets. I'm going to sprinkle just a tad on the draw as well. Uh, there's other draws. I like. Last meeting. It, and it hit last meeting. That's what I was thinking. And we did see a overtime with Boston and Arizona, of course, the other night as well uh, in that. So I'm going to put the, add the draw to the tab as well uh, in this Flames and Coyotes hey, You know game. what? One, right.
0: one thing to mention about
2: that too. Yeah.
0: Calgary is a team where, like I said, they're right on that cusp, more than likely going to be outside of, of the, the wild card race, and they're probably going to be sellers. But they're right now not really believing that. So there's some teams that we'll see fall out of the playoff race in the next four to five weeks. But they'll be playing those tight games, trying to get as many points as possible, a lot like what we'll see and say after the all star break with teams that are definitely in the playoff hunt but trying to secure division spots or or uh, wild card spots getting points so that little fade of of looking at teams holding on to leads late, we could be seeing that with teams like the Calgary teams like the Minnesota teams that know we're we're falling out of favor, but if we're still close in a game, let's play this tight and let's try to try to at least get a point secured so. Something to keep in, in mind, especially going against Arizona, a team that will be in that wild card race for longer than expected.
2: Yeah, no doubt. That's an excellent point. All right, we got the Boston Bruins and the Vegas Golden Knights, the Bruce Cassidy Bowl uh, right here to wrap up the night. Uh, we've got the uh, Bruins minus 130, uh, road favorites, uh, six being the uh, total here in this game. Of course, Bruce Cassidy's current team versus his former team uh, matched up here in this one. I mean, just a devastating loss for Arizona. Not devastating in terms of, oh, season's over. Devastating in terms of you lost a game where you were back and forth, had a chance to win, and you lost multiple key players as well to injury. Pot- Matthew Patra, who came back from the Canadian World Junior Team, uh, he's out. Brandon Carlo on IR following an injury in that game. Linus Allmark, injured in overtime, had to be helped off the ice. Jeremy Swayman had to come in uh, in overtime. And obviously, first shot face, faces, <laughs> and it goes in. Uh, in overtime. Tough spot for him in that loss to Arizona. Uh, So a little bit of um, uh, adversity here for this Boston team. Swayman and net tonight. Uh, He's had a good season overall. Not nearly as sharp lately, but this Vegas team, man, I don't think I can trust them here. Back to back uh, after a Bad game last night against Calder. They got dominated. They really did. And uh, you know, the three is actually flattering to Vegas. It could have been a lot worse than that uh, if not for Yuri Patera. It should be Logan Thompson in net here on the back to back. We'll see. Although, keep an eye on this. Logan Thompson has had an illness which kept him out last night. Aiden Hill was expected to return last night, and suddenly he was a late scratch. Even though he was initially going to make his return last night, so is he even available? You know, last uh, night it was Yuri Patera and Isaiah Seville called up from Henderson, you know, to be the two goalies. So this is just a let's wait to see who the hell is going to be in net for the Golden Knights, because it could be a a bunch of different possibilities right now. I actually lean to Boston here. I, I got just a small feeling here that the Bruins with the adversity and the injuries for one night, they put it aside. They know they have a tough loss against Colorado, tough loss against Arizona. The first two games of this road trip um, and uh, they'll be looking to respond here uh, in this game against the v- Vegas Golden Knights team that what they're 3 and 8 3 and 8 in the last 11 games Vegas so uh not with a ton of uh confidence um or not certainly not close to one of my favorite you know looks of the night but I I definitely lean to the Bruins here uh in this one at minus 130 but I'm again I'm waiting to see what the goaltending situation ends up being Draw you know, I would I don't hate the draw either in this one. What do you think, Alex? Bruins Golden Knights.
0: Yeah, I'm on that's what I grabbed. I grabbed the regulation. Draw plus three fifty. And I also like this first period over one and a half minus a dollar twenty five. Like I said, with all the uncertainty uh going on with Vegas and that, really any of these four guys you throw in, I'm not really trusting at the moment. Uh either you're talking about a you know, injured and sick Aiden Hill, uh, a, a sick Logan Thompson, Yuri Patera who played last night or Isaiah Seville, who I really don't have much of a, a playbook on, to be truthfully honest. So <laughs> that being said, at $1.25, and I know these are two teams that like to play a little bit lower and slower early in the, in the contest, but keep in mind, too, saw this game last year, uh, both meetings last year, they were hotly contested, and rightfully so, because you mentioned about Cassidy you know, coming over from Vegas and Boston, and we saw Vegas get the 4-3 win, past regulation, in Boston, but Boston got a three one win in Vegas last year, so there could be something there, you know, to that. I wouldn't read too much into it. I don't think it's going to be anything like it was the first meeting. I think that's got kind of gotten out of the way. But in saying that, I do expect a close contest. So first period over, one and a half minus a dollar twenty-five. I'll also be grabbing both teams to score in the first, and I'll also go with the regulation draw. You can get it plus, I'm um, seeing plus three fifty, plus three sixty.
2: All right, goals early, both teams to score, first period over, and the uh, draw. Uh, in the for uh, Alex here with the uh, Bruins and the Golden Knights. For props, Fiev, I'm going back to the well, uh, second line. He didn't score against Colorado, and a feeble effort uh, from the whole team. But back home, Fiev's live, I think, to score a goal uh, for the Golden Knights. And then for Boston, there's some good options. Like I say, we've still got uh, Geeky, uh, that's, I believe, still centering the uh, top line for them. No, actually, he's not. He's d- down to the third line now. But Frederick is cooled off a little, but I still wouldn't hate taking a shot there. Um, I would go with Jesper Boquist, man. We've got a great situation here. Moving up to the top line for Boston here uh, tonight. And he scored against Arizona as well. One of the goals in that 4-3 loss to the Coyotes. And Jesper Boquist is going to be on the top line tonight for the Bruins alongside Pavel Zaka and David Pasternak. So terrific value for Jesper Boquist as he moves up to that top line for the Boston Bruins tonight. I'm just going to give you the price. It's a great price. Plus, 800 at Patano. Are you shitting me? Plus 800 for a top-line player tonight, the Boston Bruins. Jesper Boquist. Write that shit down. I think that's what Matt's doing right now, writing that down. Jesper Boquist, plus 800 at Patano. Uh, That's the best price out there. There's still 600 at FanDuel, 500 at DraftKings, 750 at BetMGM. I mean, for a guy that's on the top line, that's a must. That's a must. And we saw him score against Arizona last game as well. Uh, Matt, what do you think here? Boston, Vegas.
1: This is one that I, I do like the over, especially if you get it at six, I've seen it at six and a half. I don't know if I'd take it there. Uh, I do love the first period over as well. And I, I also tend to lean Boston. Um, you know, they have a couple injuries. Vegas is more injured in my opinion. Um, Vegas is coming off the back to back in the altitude. You know, they, like you mentioned, it could have been six, seven, nothing last night. Um, so, I tend to lean Boston here. I don't know if I'll play them. Um, I probably will at minus 130. Um, I think they get the win tonight. It may go to overtime, but I think they end up, you know, on top at the end of the game. Um, but, yeah, I do I do like the over. I think, you know, I could see both teams scoring three goals, uh, no problem. So, um, yeah, that's going to be my play.
2: I want to know. I'm going to keep track of what Vegas's record ends up being without William Carlson because he's been out for three straight games now, and he was great before he got injured. They're one and two in the first three games without him. The only win was the Islander game uh, over the weekend, and they lost the other two against Florida and Colorado. So that's a big absence. And, of course, they're also Michael Amadio is a game-time decision. They're already without, you know, still uh, Theodore on the back end. So... Uh, There's concerns right now with the uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights and uh, their level of play lately, uh, no doubt. All right, that's the Thursday card. What a huge slate it is. Hit the like button. We appreciate it. 273 live viewers. Patreon.com slash IceGuys, uh, just $10 per month. Uh, Again, we've got all kinds of great stuff there. Our daily sides, totals, and, and player props betting card is posted there. Uh, And, of course, uh, goalie charts, totals charts, and more. We've got bonus videos, exclusive content uh, on the way in the new year. And our first exclusive Patreon live BetCast is coming your way late in January. We won't reveal the date. We will drop the YouTube link for the BetCast on the Patreon page the day of the BetCast. Uh, It's going to be a surprise, but we're looking forward to that. Uh, so make sure you sign up. $10 per month means you help us keep this show going for a very long time. $10 per month, patreon.com slash guys. And, of course, our main BetCast for the month of January, free for all, open to the public next Tuesday, January 16th. It's only five days away, 7 p.m. Eastern. I'll be here. Alex will be here for it. Matt has told me he's going to be uh, here for it Tuesday night. Matt, your first ever BetCast. Are you fired up?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm stoked. I'm stoked to crack a beer with the boys, do some live betting, shoot the shit. It's going to be a time. So very
2: excited. That's essentially what it is. That's exactly (laughs) what it is. Yeah. Uh, Shoot the shit. Watch the games. Ton of live bets. And it's a lot and a lot of fun. Uh, as well, so Tuesday night, January sixteenth, seven p.m. Eastern time. DM me or Alex or email us uh, for a spot on the Ice Guys Live Betcast next Tuesday, January sixteenth, and we will make sure uh, that uh, we you get a spot with us uh, on the uh, Betcast. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the night, and obviously, on a card of this magnitude, there is lots to choose from in that Bargain Bin. Uh, Alex, what have you come up with, Bargain Bin Special of the night? Yeah, we got the Hawks
0: game tonight against Winnipeg, and it probably won't be, you know, too much fun to watch. But I think there's one Hawk we can kind of count on right now, and you mentioned it earlier, Jason Dickinson, the trooper. Uh, He's the only guy who's really, other than Colin Blackwell, been kind of carrying their weight and playing like somebody who deserves to be a top six forward and someone who deserves to be on this team after this season. So in saying that, I'm going with him plus 320. You can get that at Bet-MGM and FanDuel. Anytime goal, the trooper Jason Dickinson for the Hawks tonight.
2: There you go. Jason Dickinson. Uh, Liking that. Uh, you can get uh, Jason Dickinson for Chicago Uh, for bargain bin special uh, of the night. It looks like the best uh, available price out there on him right now, around plus 370 uh, at Bet Rivers. So still a very good price with that. Uh, Matt, what do you got here for your bargain bin tonight?
1: All I can say is I'm glad I wrote two down because I, I liked Dickinson anytime goal scorer. So that was one I've got written down. So I love that. Um, I'm gonna go back to what we were talking about with the whole Torts situation. I think Hazy anytime goal scorer. I've seen it anywhere from plus three fifty to plus three eighty. Um, there's probably higher out there, but I, I think he comes out and scores today. Just you know, dealing with all this media bullshit, he's gonna say "fuck you guys" and very one on New York. So
2: there you go, plus four twenty up, upwards of that of uh, plus four twenty oh, nice. at Patana with uh, Kevin Hayes for uh, Saint Louis for. Uh, uh, Matt, with his bargain bin special of the night. And mine, uh, I actually had mine picked before the show. Uh, and it, its it was initially going to be Dylan Gunther. And I really like Dylan Gunther, Arizona, plus 375. He will be on my ticket. But I'm going for the gusto after what I just saw about the game we just talked about uh, with Boston and Vegas. I am not passing up a guy on the top line now with Posternock and Zaka who scored in the last game as well against Arizona. I'm not passing him up at plus 800, uh, and that's Jesper Boquist for the Boston Bruins. Plus 800 at Patano. Jesper Boquist, uh, a huge bargain bin special uh, choice for me. Uh, Looking forward to that. Boston Bruins, Jesper Boquist, plus 800 for my bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets to wrap things up. Alex, what do you like for best bet? This
0: is tough because I got to look through. I got a <laughs> lot of things to go over. Um, I'm probably more than likely going to be going with my favorite play here. This is Seattle. Seattle Kraken right now uh, against Washington. This is a Kraken team. We've been waiting for them to finally break out of their shell, get things rolling. And now they're playing against a Capitals team that might be shorthanded with Ovechkin and amongst others. And uh, a Capitals team is just not that good. So. We're going to go with the money line here. Uh, You can get it as cheap as $1.22 at FanDuel. Uh, I'm seeing mostly $1.25s that are on. That's kind of the consensus price. So Seattle cracking money line. That's my best bet tonight.
2: All right, there we go. Seattle minus 125 against Washington. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Matt, uh, great job again. What do you like for best bet?
1: Yeah, so this was my first bet I took off the whole slate. I like Montreal puck line minus one and a half. You're getting it at like plus one thirty, 130, plus one thirty-five. Uh, if you don't want to risk the puck line, you can still get in it. Like I think it's minus one forty, minus one fifty. Uh, but ten of the last twelve games against San Jose, they've lost by over uh, a goal and a half, over two goals. Um, so yeah, Montreal minus one and a half puck line. Let's go. Let's get it.
2: Yep. Sometimes keep it. Sometimes keep it simple, stupid is the best way to go about it. And yeah, beating San Jose is pretty simple, but it's been working. Uh, Montreal minus one and a half puck line against San Jose. Best bet for uh, Matt Robinson. My best bet for this card, I'm going to go with that Rangers blues uh, over six minus 120. I like it. Uh, Rangers have been trending over Uh, the blues. uh, Not so much, but we've got series history trending over. And I think tonight it's one of those nights the Rangers might unload. I like the Ranger team total as well. I'm going to go with that full game over a six with New York, St. Louis uh, for my best bet for this Thursday card. That's a wrap, a huge show, a great show. Hit the like button. Uh, We appreciate it very much. All 300 live viewers. Just about. We really do. Thank you guys for tuning in with us uh, on a Thursday. Great viewership. Great turnout. Our bet cast next Tuesday night. Make sure you get ready for that a reminder the ice guys is live seven days a week monday to friday 2 p.m eastern saturday and sunday noon eastern if you can't watch the show live download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms google podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iheart radio amazon music and more download the ice guys podcast when you can't watch the show live for alex b smith and matt robinson i'm ian cameron have a great thursday night enjoy the games and good luck and we'll see you tomorrow me alex and jimmy murphy Why? Because it's a Beantown Friday coming up tomorrow. Uh, Make sure you join us tomorrow for a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys.